Soccer Over Gotham is an NWSL podcast covering Gotham FC, hosted by Ruby Pinto and Gary Gibson. Now, without any further ado, let's go Gotham. Let's get on to the show. Welcome to Soccer Over Gotham, an NWSL podcast covering Gotham FC, hosted by Ruby Pinto and Gary Gibson. Now, without any further ado, let's go Gotham. Let's get on to the show. Episode 57 of Soccer Over Gotham. We got a lot to cover. A new player arrives. We'll get caught up on all the team news. This is an episode in three acts. We have not one, but two games to recap and dissect. Let's just get to it. My get, my guest co-host tonight is once again, the ultra-talented and fan favorite, Noella Franco. Noella, back at it. I think you may have passed Jenna for the most podcast appearances. How are you? <laughs> hey, Gary. Um, always, always good to be here. Love joining you on the podcast. Um, also, just wanted to send out um, continued love and support to Ruby, of course, hoping her and her family are healing. Um, have I actually passed Jenna? I, I don't know. I, I haven't. I haven't kept track. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking notes. I don't really know. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, Jenna probably knows though. Yeah, love you, Jenna. Um, yes, yeah, love being on the show. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I had to for the first time. I got a text from my little's mother saying that he got in trouble at school, so I had to have like oh, that man to man talk with my little. So it's funny. That's so cute. Class is good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's get over to some news. First podcast updates. So we blew past 7,000 downloads. Seriously, thanks to everybody who listens. I'm putting together a plan of action for next season. Lots of great ideas to grow this content and the scope of what we do. I can't wait. Really exciting stuff coming. Yes, congratulations to you and Ruby. Really, really well-deserved. Um, probably in the short time that I've known you both, I've definitely gotten to know you both as like really, really hardworking individuals. Um, I don't know if the fans notice sometimes like how quickly you, you like you all put up the episodes and um, and just taking your time out, obviously, to do the analysis, the game research, obviously looking at all the pregame, postgame conferences. It's a lot of work that you both do. So very, very happy for your milestone here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, yes. Also, so we are now on YouTube. I'm going to start putting out some of our past player interviews on there. So we'll start putting out more unique content up there soon. So I have lots of ideas for that. Can't wait. Yes, yes. The ideas sound really, really good. I've gotten a sneak peek of those as well. (laughs) So really happy about that. Um, And yeah, I know it'll be a lot more in-depth content with our favorite players and our favorite team. So very, very excited to catch those conversations and analysis when they come. All right, Noelle. So we got not one, not two. But three player returns this week. So all three big arrivals. Curious your thoughts on these. We'll do one at a time. So Bernina is now in New Jersey. Your thoughts? Yes, yes. Coming off a recent third place result in the U20 World Cup. Bernina, obviously an extremely talented player. An incredible resume already. Impressive international resume. Also a really strong club resume as well back in Brazil. So we're excited. We're excited for her debut in the NWSL young player. She's got uh, so much ahead of her. We're really, really excited to have her. Um, excited to see her play. Yeah, I'm really excited too. So she's been playing, so she's fit. I hope we see her make an appearance in these last couple of games. You just to give it a little taste of what we're going to see next season, because I know she's super, super talented. Let's move over to a second one, which is Ashlyn Harris is back in New Jersey. 
According to Hugh Menzies, she showed up right. She, it feels like she took, she got surgery and then she took the first flight back to New Jersey and was like, all right, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, but Hugh said he's going to take a little bit of time getting her back up to speed. But yeah, what a warrior she is. She's incredible. I, I really don't know how, I mean, and I think we've talked about this in a previous podcast where we didn't expect to see her, I think for the rest of the season, um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the season for Gotham is over. We figured she'd probably want to take the time to rest and, and recover, but, but no, like to hear that she's out there, it's, it's to be expected, of course, of a, of a, a player of her caliber. So if she plays, well, obviously we're excited to see her again on the field, but I, I hope she takes her time and, and there's no rush in her recovery, I hope. Absolutely. She's a certified warrior. And lastly, so I have a question for you, Noella. What yes. is it about Long Island that breeds such crazy, strong women in, <laughs> in Long Island? Because Tristel Dunn, Allie Long, Allie Long is back with mm-hmm. Gotham. After a short time after having her her children, and it's amazing. I'm in awe of her. Yes, congrats to her again, obviously, for her pregnancy, for her newborns. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the water. I, I feel like we have pretty good water. It tastes really good, I think. <laughs> um, especially when you pass through filter. I don't know. But, um, yeah, we're, we're excited to have her back as well. The experience, you can't overlook the tremendous talent that she has as well. Yeah, these are such exciting, exciting returns for Gotham, in addition with the new signings. Um, I think this team, again, I, we repeat it every week, I think. And sorry to the listeners who I think we're beating a dead horse, but this team is genuinely a good team. We've just had the misfortune of having all the misfortunes this season, but really excited for all these players for joining the team again. Absolutely. And and just her her knowledge and what she's going to be able to pass on to the young players at this point in the season is still going to be good. I'm so happy that she's going to be back. Uh, and it's awesome. I don't, probably won't see her the rest of the season, but just having her presence there and her knowledge and all that's going to be awesome for the young players. So and this strong island represent. Yes. Yes. We have one more team news. Uh, Paige Monahan won the save of the week. Congrats to Paige. Yes. Um, it's been really, really good to see her. Um, Yes, it was very, very exciting to see Paige um, earn this award this week, um, playing a new position. Obviously, we talked about last week, um, her tremendous effort and dedication to the team in this position, especially something new to her. We were really, really happy to see it. And uh, of course, the results, not what we wanted, but a small win. A win is a win, I think. So congratulations to Paige. So last week, I had Betos as my player of the week. And it was between her and Paige. And the fans chose Paige. You chose Paige. And not only did Paige win the player of the week last week, she won save of the week this week. So she just, so I was wrong. It was Paige last week. Can't go back, but we're going to move forward. All right. So we actually have two games to break down. We're going to take them one at a time. Let's do the first one first, which is the Washington spirit Saturday night in the Capitol. This is the last chance for Gotham to avoid the opponent's 2018 record for the most losses in a row which is 10. A draw would do it, but Gotham has yet to make a draw this season. So there we are. Brunina is with the team, but not in the 18. Harris is back, but did not travel. Purse returns from injury and is on the bench. So the roster notes, this is a 4-3-3. Dorsey and Smith are the outside backs. Krieger, Johnson, the center backs. Torres makes a return to the lineup in the midfield with Pickett and Kawasumi. Mewis is in the 10 behind Monahan and Anamanu. Thoughts on this lineup, Noella? 
Yes, we see a return back to a more familiar format to the team, obviously from last week. We see Smith again as an outside back after her strong performances in previous games. Biggest surprise here, though, I think, is McCall Zeroni's absence in the lineup. Actually, she didn't play at all in this match. And I wonder if the game would have changed somewhat. I know we're going to dive into a little bit later for that. But for me, at least, um, missing that familiar midfield role, our, our position there has been obviously very fluctuating this this season. So to be missing our captain as well and someone as, as strong and like ferocious as Zerboni was a, a bit of a shocker. Absolutely agree with that. And Dorsey ends up with the captain's band this time. I Just speaking of Dorsey, this was the matchup I wanted to see almost all season. I love the Dorsey-Rodman matchup. Let's go, Imani. She's, got, she's had her number so far. Let's see how she did. So let's just, you know, let's just give our overall thoughts and takeaways. Anything you want to talk about about this match? Yeah, so it's overall, I think, Gotham is a better team than this, um, and that's a very general statement. But I think in terms of how they've been doing in previous games, we've seen like a slow increase in, in performance, a better understanding of how to find players again and move the ball. And so it was a bit frustrating, I think, to see Gotham struggle in, in terms of moving the ball again. And, and obviously having frustrations in front of the goal, as, as always, has been tough. But yeah, it, it's and the goals, of course, were not the hardest, I think, to to kind of earn. Obviously, the second goal must be the most frustrating for Betos out of everyone, of course, especially with her statements from last game where you know how much she how much she cares and how much she gives to this team. So to lose a goal like that, where you kind of miss time a, a touch and then player just kind of comes in and scores is really, really frustrating to see. But even the first goal, I think, was something that could have been prevented. I think there was just an, a tough bounce that it takes off of Krieger and it's it's and it's and a tough angle too to finish. So I, I don't know. I do think Gotham had good chances too as well. Um, but overall, I think it wasn't the team's best performance so far in their slow increase that they've been having. Gotham is definitely better than this. I thought Gotham's 18 selection was poor in this game. And I thought that the substitutions were very poor in this game. When he got down to like the 60th minute, once Washington scored, Gotham needed to claw themselves back into the game. So you needed energy push. And they brought on uh, Yokoyama and they brought on Sheehan, both very good players. But those aren't the kind of players that you need in those situations because you need someone with a lot of energy. The absence of Zerboni and the absence of Jenna Bike was really missing in this squad from getting back in this game. Yeah, Zerboni's absence, I think, is probably, you can't overstate it enough. Um, obviously knows her teammates very, very well, understands the function of the of position for this team specifically. I, I understand also, though, the, the need to experiment. And we've talked and we've like obviously been really like happy to see Hugh try and, and work with different players and try in different systems. And I think his mentality right now is there's nothing to lose. Perhaps in this game, the, the changes weren't suited very much for, for the game. Yeah. I also think that early in the game, they were getting behind Washington's high high line and Anamana was doing it and then Monaghan was doing it. And I felt that he should have just kept the pressure on by bringing in Tucker. I think Tucker would have been a good option for this team and we didn't see her either. So that was a little frustrating as well. Yeah, I completely agree. You see that obviously at the end of the stats, a little preview to, to my stats to kind of look at later on in the show is the offsides call. I believe we had exactly 18. 
and it's those sort of calls I think also slow down the momentum and the pace of the game um, and you're kind of more hesitant to move forward which is frustrating to see because Anamano is such a great player especially when you allow her to run in behind um, defenses you know overall I think Washington was the better team here I think their game plan won out they outpossessed Gotham which is very hard to do 55 percent which is pretty high and they made life hard for, I think Gotham was very, very predictable. I was watching the pass patterns and Washington was jumping all over the lanes and getting turnovers quickly. Yeah, yeah. And credit to Washington, of course, mm-hmm. playing a tremendous game. Player for me who I, I always love watching for them is Trinity Rodman, of course, who has such a special, I think, ability to be able to see space and be able to see passes in behind defenders and was providing really, really good options for the team early on in the game. Pass to me that kind of stuck out that uh, didn't result in a goal, but I think was really, really good was her finding Sanchez in their very beginning of the game, playing, finding the space in between our center defender and our, our fullback. So just her recognition of the game is really, really high. IQ really, really high. Washington overall obviously has a tremendous lineup as well. Tremendous players, Hatch, of course, always a threat moving forward. So kudos to them for a strong game. Yeah, they gave Rodman the keys to like the entire right side. She was mm-hmm. back and right back, and then she was up and forward. She was all over the place. I Again, going back to what I mentioned earlier about the Dorsey and Rodman matchup, that was a battle this game. Yeah. Uh, both of them were, were get, getting a little chippy, and it was, it was a really good matchup together. And Dorsey, I think, did, did a very well job of keeping Rodman off the board. She did not get an assist or a goal. So. She was very influential, but you, you can't stop her completely. You just have to do your best. And I think Dorsey did really well. Exactly. Also, uh, I think both teams had uh, a lot of issues here. I think Gotham, obviously, we talked about earlier with the turnovers, and they were just not recognizing the pressing lanes. They had 18 turnovers for the Spirit, which is just major, just too predictable. Washington was vulnerable on the, those second balls and getting caught too forward. So one of these teams ultimately took advantage. They made, they created the chances and they took advantage of them. Hugh obviously talks about missed opportunities and was, and we have these chances that we, we just are not able to finish or, or we're not able to connect well. Obviously, after the first goal, Paige finds Mewis running towards the penalty area and takes her own shot. Um, but Kingsbury obviously does well to keep it away. And it's frustrating to see, I think, to not be able to connect and find these opportunities, but also when you are in front of goal and having these chances that they're not falling either for you. It is tough. And it's also, there's there's still a funk that these forwards are in. Every time you see Paige going forward, that when she should just take one more touch and just let play develop, she's taking a shot on goal when someone else might be open. They're just not in sync and they're not in well-oiled machine yet. They'll get there. It's close. (laughs) We've been close all season. I want to talk real quickly about just a post-game quote that I thought was interesting. Well, actually, there's a theme in the post-game quotes. So the themes that were throughout the entire quotes were that this is not reflective of the quality of this team, the results, which is, of course. Uh, the second one is that everyone says everyone is hostile and everyone's fighting, of course. And the last thing was was Johnson saying that they hope to play spoiler from here on out. I like that attitude. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more, Johnson. They've got nothing to lose right now. Also, just for their own morale sake, I think they, they deserve a win and, and for their work, right? The work that they've been putting in, maybe not necessarily this game, as we've talked about, but you know, in previous matches where they've competed, where they've done well, I do think 
we've deserved to win. My little post-game quote that I was really, really happy to see was that we got to speak to Pickett and, and Pickett's been saying that she's been enjoying her time with Gotham so far, that she really, really considers them, that they've opened arms to her, that she considers them family already and that they're super supportive of her um, that she hopes to keep playing her part. Um, so we we really hope that she obviously continues to enjoy her experience, continue to grow into this role with Gotham. We We really want to see this team turn a new leaf in the next season. I think Pickett can be a really, really big part of that. Agree. I like her already. She's she's gonna be she's gonna be a game changer, which is good. So let's just get over to stats of the week, stats of this game. What is your stat of this game, Noel? Yes. So as we kind of spoke earlier, for me, the I guess this is a bad stat though, is our eight offsides in this match. Generally not I think a stat that is necessarily looked at very often, but for me at least, those balls in through behind can be very, very critical in terms of developing an attack, obviously having opportunities. Um, so for me, I thought it was a little too high on this end. There needs to be better communication, better connection in terms of providing the pass and obviously holding your runs. Um, so maybe a little bit too high for me, at least. Yeah, but they're trying at least. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the, idea, the idea is there, um, but it's just it's frustrating to see, I think, the number to see it so high, I guess. My stat of the week is this team is just still fighting. They won 53% of all their duels, 76% tackles won, going down with a fight. So over on Twitter at OverGothamPod for our player of the week, our fans chose Krieger. Thanks to all the fans who voted. Do you agree, Noella? I feel bad saying no, so I won't say no. (laughs) I'll say Krieger obviously plays a tremendous game, as always. Um, Strong, strong. And and especially with Serboni out, I think it's important to have a player like Krieger on the field again with that experience, with that um, leadership capabilities on the team and providing a strong hold um, to the defensive line. Can't overstate her impact on the game always. But for me, and I think maybe you hinted at this earlier, Gary, Dorsey had a great game. Dorsey had a tremendous game. Uh, Shutting down someone like Rodman obviously is not not an easy task. A great performance for her. Really happy to see her, obviously, also in the captain band this, this game. This was a hard one because a lot of players did not, no one really played extremely, extremely well. So I had a choice of putting Johnson in there and it's like, you know what? The Krieger fans, if it's a tie, tie goes to Krieger. So I put Krieger in the, uh, in the, in the poll and she won, of course. Uh, but for me, it was Dorsey. So she was incredibly involved in this game. She had 83 touches. So the next closest person was Estelle at 65. Pickett had 48. And I don't think any other player had more than like 42 or 43. So Dorsey was integral in this match, and she made a heck of an impact. So she had the toughest assignment, and she rose to it. So again, good for Dorsey. So that is the end of Act 1. So Gotham returns to Red Bull Arena Wednesday night against the Reign, who are one of the most dangerous teams in the league. Latinx night... Since I'm of Scottish descent, I don't think I'll be able to attend. They won't let me in. <laughs> so seriously, though, this is, the uh, I believe, the first home game in two seasons that I will not make. I'm extremely sad. Oh, well. Uh, we manifest anything before this match, Noella? I will be continuing to manifest a win for this team for as long as it takes. I do think they, they deserve a win. Or, as you've been saying, at least a tie or a clean sheet, you know. So yeah. we'll see what happens. A clean sheet against the rain would be <laughs> out of this world. I'll, I, I would take that any day. <laughs> Not just what, how Gotham's playing now, but all right. We'll be back 
after the break with our second breakdown of our second game against the rain. Let's go. Act two, the reign of terror. <laughs> Let's just get into it. So on the roster, Taylor Smith out of the lineup for injury. The lineup is a 4-3-3. It's basically default Gotham. It's the foundation of this team since Beckham Moros, uh, as pointed out in the postgame. Changes are Freeman in for Johnson, Gene in for Smith. Any thoughts on this lineup, Noella? Yes, happy to see Purse back in the starting lineup. It's actually her first start with the team since August 28th when they played Angel City. Um, of course, she was out on international duty and then she was dealing with an injury. But we're obviously super happy to see her back on the field. And as we'll kind of dig into a little bit later, she's just so talented and she's such a threat up top. I think she was a really, really good addition to have back with the team this game. Yeah, it just feels good just seeing her on the break and taking players on. It's just nice. And also, it was just good to see Jean in the lineup. She needs more minutes. But, you know, let's just get to this this overall thoughts of this game. So let's, what are your overall thoughts of this matchup? Yeah, I, I thought this was a tough match for Gotham to break into. Obviously, the first half was very slow for both teams. Rain has one of the best defenses in the league, and... For Gotham, it was evident that it was tough to create serious chances on goal. First half, they were dealing with Rain's high press, with Heitzeman leading the charge. And it really forced Gotham, I think, to try and skip lines and play balls over the top, which is where Purse obviously came into play and, and was able to take players on. Rain's midfield is also incredible. You know, you have Lavelle, Quinn, Fishlock, who comes in the second half, makes an immediate impact. So the possession in the attacking half for Gotham was limited and as a result, the team didn't really have serious threats on goal. Yeah, I thought the first, I think Gotham grew into this game. Like the first 15 minutes were pretty shaky, but they settled in. So this was a pretty good match. It shows Gotham can hang with the best teams in the league. They played both KC and Rain pretty even, not giving up a goal from the run of play. I think that highlights how close this team is to being really good. You know, both these teams were really going for it, and Gotham again were up to the task. Do you have any player notes? Yes. Pickett's been such a joy to watch so far with the team. And she was really particularly well in this match, especially in the first half. She loves to have the ball at her feet, obviously, take space. She's unafraid to find players on and take players on and obviously find other players on, on the width. And so she continued to earn uh, fouls in this game with one actually earning Purse a chance in the box in the 22nd minute. Purse, unfortunately, was unable to keep down. But always fun to watch Pickett play, of course. Yeah. So, so we finally had a healthy Mitch Purse, and, and it showed. She was nutmegging players, burning defenders, just creating havoc. It's just very good to see. Do you have any other takeaways from this match? Yes, yes. So obviously Gotham's defense did a really good job holding up with Rain and keeping them a little off balance, able to go into the half 0-0 zero, zero. But of course, Rain's, line, Rain's roster is just so deep. And they make the sub in at the 56th minute and Rapino and Fishlock come in. And they're obviously it's such an immediate impact. Incredible players. You know, Fishlock wins the ball in the middle of the field. Eventually finds its way to Rapino on the left side. And she plays a great ball in through behind. And unfortunately for Gotham, you know, Krieger is unable to... Running backwards, of course, it's really tough to play that ball out. And when it's coming with such speed and you have an attacker behind you. She's not able to make good contact. Fishlock kind of goes ahead forward and Krieger's hand kind of goes out and, and grabs her. And 
I, I think we were kind of talking about it before too, where fish talk obviously feels contact and it's not a lot, but she, once she feels it, she goes down and it's maybe not the smartest play from Krieger, but all the credit to Rapino and Fishlock for making that change immediately once they step on the field. And it's unfortunate to Gotham to have to give up a goal like that, that isn't the strongest, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No goals from the run of play. And in that situation, you just can't put hands, hands on players in the box. Watching that in the replay in like slow motion, it looks like Fishlock was diving before the hand made contact with her. She yeah. knew the contact was coming. And she's a smart player, so she's going to take that dive every single time. It's an easy call for the ref. It's frustrating because obviously, with even as you said, with Krieger, she's a pro at this. She's done this, you know, a million times. She should know a little bit better in that situation. But it, it is, it is what it is. So, uh, any other takeaways from this? For me, you know, and obviously, like me being a fullback myself, I always tend to watch them in the game. And so I was a little disappointed in just not seeing them as much as we've featured them in, in previous games. The format, obviously, of Gotham is to try and spread the field as wide as possible. And, and that is where a lot of your space will end up being, which is why I was really happy when Kawasumi came in in the second half. And, you know, she's providing more energy, more opportunities on the left side of the field. So I was just hoping to see our fullbacks push up a little bit forward. So from there, at least, I think Pike Bike did an incredible job when she finally came in. And I think she provided good energy on the right side. Yeah. And how can you not like her? She's got tenacity. She's got grit. So Krieger had glowing words for her in the postgame. So one of her first actions was just dumping Rapino near the sideline. Just a like letting you know that what you're in for and I'm not backing down. I love that about her. So I'm not sure about her contract status. I know she's a replacement player, but I want her to come back next season and build upon her skill set. I, again, I really, really like her. Also, I think if, just as, an, as a side thought, unless racing lose uh, out and we win both games, we hold the top pick in a very, very talented draft class. So we got that going for us. We are also two games away from being the first team to have no draws for an entire season, which is absolutely craziness. All right, Noella, do you have any stats for this game? Yes, we earned five corners over Reigns. Rain was unable to produce a corner in this match. I think that speaks also to defensively being able to stay compact, be able to shut down lanes. And for us, unfortunately, on the other side, it also means that we're just haven't been able to convert. And from these opportunities, you know, our set pieces, we earned uh, uh, quite a few set pieces in this game as well that we just weren't able to find good contact. So opportunities are, are slow in coming, but to find the net and provide a threat, we'll need a little bit more to, you know, find these goals. Yeah. Despite the results, I think my stat would be that Gotham was the better team in this matchup. And I think they took it to the rain. Gotham is getting comfortable with who they are as a team. So this is one of the best passing performances of the season. They led the game in total passes, accurate passes. They led the, 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 the game in both passes in, in their half and in the opponent's half. So the rain is a talented bunch. And outside of that one moment, Gotham pretty much suffocated their attack by playing keep away. So let's just get to our player of the week. Over on Twitter, over Gotham Pod, fans chose Krieger again. Thanks to all the fans who voted. Do you agree, Noella? Uh, I have to humbly disagree in this case. <laughs> I say humbly, obviously, because Krieger's, as you say all the time, an incredible player, an incredible leader, 
um, just for me, at least in this game, it was just um, a little uh, disappointing to see the way in which the goals kind of scored. And, you know, for whatever the matter may be, maybe the decision would have been different if we had had VAR in this game as well. You know, sometimes referees will see that like players are diving instead of actually making real contact. Um, but just because she gave up the penalty, I, I personally couldn't choose Krieger as my player of the game. Um, Purse, for me at least, was the brightest spot offensively for the team, had a few chances on net, was taking players on all over the place, you know, was on the right and the left side. For me, at least, I was really happy to see Purse again back in the starting lineup, back in the game and and providing such such strong energy and, and such great talent for the team. Yeah, I can't wait to see her at full strength next season. Can't wait. For me, uh, back-to-back, it's Dorsey. Again, with 80-plus touches, both Krieger and Freeman were in the 60s, like low 60s, so nobody else is even close. Also had another tough assignment in Lavelle, so that's two weeks in a row, Rodman, and two games in a row, Rodman and Lavelle, and she basically made them invisible for most of the matches. So lost in this crazy season is how Amani has leveled up and started to become a complete two-way player. She's been awesome. So let's just get over to our next opponent. This game is a good game to play. Spoiler, North Carolina is firing on all cylinders. They're making a run at the playoffs and have been on an absolute tear. They're the top scoring team in the league. Gotham has a chance to throw a wrench in their spokes. Noella, do you have any thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, North Carolina obviously sitting at eighth place in the in the standings right now. They need a win, of course, to be able to have an option to compete in the playoffs. Basically, almost every every team right now is still continuing to battle out um, for those top six positions. So it's it's anyone's it's anyone's position, it's anyone's game. And for Gotham, I think it'll be really tough because they're going to be facing a courage team that is incredibly talented, but also hungry for a win. Yeah, yeah, they, they're they're absolutely going for it. As you'll hear in the interview this week with Jessica, they are all all in, all firing on all, on all cylinders. It's going to be a tough one. Sigh. Can you believe there's only two games left, Noella? No, no. This season has gone way too fast. It's been so quickly, just like the summer. I feel like it happens every year where the summer just comes and it goes so quickly. And then after, you're, you're left wondering, like, where did the time go? So same yeah. with the league. Yeah, it's almost time for our end of the season award show, which is craziness. Ooh. So one more away game, and then one last home game. Let's all just cheer on these Warriors all the way to the end. What are we manifesting this week, Noella? I feel like I should change my manifestation because I've made it so many times, but I won't. I won't because I, I do think, again, as we've kind of spoken, that like they've been hanging in and playing well. And I think just, again, in that final third, trying to find opportunities has been tough. But but this team, again, we've... We can't overemphasize, and again, we continue to beat the dead horse. I think, but but we have talented players, and we have a really, really good roster, and I, I think we are able to provide a win. I think we were a little unlucky this this game where Paige had like a, a quieter match, but she's obviously had such great opportunities in front of net um, in prior games. So I'm just hoping. I think we can score. I think we can win. That's what I'm manifesting. I'm going to continue manifesting a win right until the end. I'm manifesting a start for Hensley Handcuff. I won these last two that. games. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's at home. That crowd is going to be live when she does. Yeah. So let's just, uh, so let's get over to our guest of the week. So 
There are three types of guests we have on this show. We have players and coaches, we have media members, and we have supporter group leaders. And I'll tell you, some of my favorites are the supporter group leaders. I love supporter groups. I love telling their stories. Jessica is fantastic. We talk all things courage, the uproar, and I dig into how the uproar is doing with the whole Jalen Daniels situation. I mean, stick around. It's a good one. We really can. We really like Jessica. But let's go talk to Jessica, shall we, Noelle? Yes, let's go. Let's go. All right, fans. So a lot has happened since the last time we talked to our next guest. We are here to tell the stories of the league and amplify voices. You can't truly tell the story of any soccer club or this league without telling the stories of their supporter groups. They are the heartbeat of the sport. Who better to tell us the story of North Carolina Courage than the VP of the Uproar Supporter Group, Jessica Turner? Welcome back, friend. How are you? Hi, thanks so much for having me. Um, I, I'm good. I'm trying to enjoy uh, the last bit of the summer here in North Carolina. So um, so been do, been doing good. Yeah, it's always good to get your perspective. You know, let's try to make sense of the madness that is the 2022 Courage season, shall we? Yeah, let's, we can try to. Let's try to. Okay, we'll try. All right, so first we're going to start with some quick icebreakers. So what teams do you support outside of the Courage? I actually, uh, I really like Chicago um, outside of the Courage. Um, and then I also have become uh, kind of a Kansas City fan outside of the Courage because I like to call them the Courage 2.0. So there's just so yeah. many past Courage players on that team that I'm like, I have to root for KC as well. So it is true. It's true. So what is the best and worst Halloween candy? Um, so I don't eat chocolate. So okay. any Halloween candy with chocolate, it's a no-go <laughs> for me. Um, so I think when I was younger, my favorite Halloween candy was actually candy corn, which I know is controversial. A lot of people don't like candy <laughs> corn, but when I was a kid, I would eat so much candy corn. Um, and so that's probably my favorite. It's been a very controversial topic on this podcast as well. So our friend of the show, Jenna Tonelli, we ran a poll about candy corn. It went straight down. It was like 400 votes and it was 50-50 completely to the wire. So it's definitely controversial, but it's good to see you're on the side of Jenna Tonelli, our friend. So that's good. So you wouldn't be here without this person. I wouldn't be here without, I guess, my mom. Uh, she's had a really big influence on my life, uh, has always supported me. And just always been there when I needed her. So probably my mom. Okay. Okay. So what what one word would you use to describe the uproar? Ooh, only okay, only one. Uh community. That's a great word. That is good. So what movie show? So what have you seen too many times? I actually just watched The Parent Trap, the like 1999 <laughs> version with Lindsay Lohan um, just recently. And I forgot how much I love that movie. And so I have probably seen yeah. that movie um, a bunch of times. Fun fact, uh, when I was younger, my friend and I knew the handshake she does with her butler. We memorized okay. that and knew that handshake. So that's how many times I'd seen that movie as a kid. <laughs> and then I just watched it recently and remembered, oh, I used to love this movie. Um, yeah. And I think it, I think it holds up pretty, pretty good. So yeah, yeah, I think it does. So what else are you nerdy about outside of soccer? 
Oh, so many things. Uh, I'm really nerdy about um, about NASA. Anyone that's a NASA fan, I've been following the uh, Artemis One uh, mm -hmm. journey as they have tried to launch multiple times and have not been able to. So um, definitely some NASA stuff. And then um, I watch a lot of historical documentaries. Um, so um, pretty much if there's a historical documentary, I've, I've probably seen it or heard of it. So Okay. Okay. So... Brittany or Christina? Um, oh, this, that's so hard. Um, I think I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to go with Brittany. I think she has a better um, selection of songs overall. Her catalog is better. Okay. okay. And what unique food option is there at Wake Med Park, if there is any? Um, I, I honestly, I don't, I normally eat beforehand at our tailgates, so... <laughs> Um, I know that one thing that we just got this year actually is um, they just partnered with a new ice cream um, vendor, but it's an ice cream company that the, everyone that works there has like special needs. And so it's a like training program for them. Um, and so I've definitely gotten their ice cream. It's amazing. And so I really appreciate kind of the, the club doing things like that and then having that opportunity to be in our stadium. That is really cool. That was an unexpected answer. And I love it. That's awesome. So Jessica, let's get caught up a little bit. So again, I'm glad I got to talk to you at different stages of the season. So last time we talked, I think the Courage were on their way or had just won the Challenge Cup. So first, congrats on that. So the Courage were defying expectations. Then the regular season NWSL chaos began. So it wasn't that it was a bad start, maybe a bit of a slow start to the season. So what were some of the challenges that you guys went through at the beginning of the season? I think the biggest challenge uh, was actually winning the Challenge Cup. I think if you look at um, our season this year, almost every team that had a deep run in the Challenge Cup had a shaky start of the season. And so I think part of that was there were extra games that our team played. The regular season was getting started. We were still doing the Challenge Cup. And then we had to turn around and just flip the switch immediately and go into the regular season where teams that didn't make the knockout round of the Challenge Cup maybe got a few weeks to, you know, reset, regroup, get ready to go. Whereas we, you know, we had to just turn around immediately. Um, I think similarly, Washington as well had a slow start because they were also, you know, in that final. And so I think that's kind of a little bit of the start of our season was just, it was a lot of games for us to play and then immediately go into the regular season. And then I think in the middle of the season, we just had a little bit of a slump um, in our team, you know, we were scoring goals. We were scoring so many goals, but we were also letting in a ton of goals. And so we just were not getting the results that our team knew we could get. Right. And then I would say in the past three, four weeks or so, we finally seen, you know, that tide turn a bit. We've been winning some games. We're in a push for the playoffs now. And so I think it was a little bit of a, a little roller coaster of a season, but we're definitely, you know, on an upswing now. And Hopefully we can get some results for these next few games and, and make a run to the playoff. Yeah. Speaking of your, obviously your offense. So you guys have been really, really good offensively, not so good defensively. However, it's just a, it's a weird like statistical mashup. So you guys are fourth in shots on target, second in big chances created, tied for first in goals per match. You're also one of the leading teams in giving up goals as well. So it's been kind of back and forth which is kind of the the give and take of a high pressure high you know high pressure system 
However, you guys are still number one in accurate passes and number one in possession in the league, which is craziness to think of matching that with a high pressure, high turnover system. So how do you describe this chaotic thing that is the courage system? Yeah, I think one thing I've noticed in going to games is um, it seems like uh, there have been a few games where we've just had maybe a, uh, you know, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe of just, it seems like just like a little bit of like a mental lull. And, Mm -hmm. and then that, like, it's in those minutes that that's when the other team is able to come back and score. Um, There was a game earlier this season. I, um, I think it was Houston where they scored like three goals in 10 minutes or something like that. It was just like, you know, and it was for whatever reason, it just seemed like for that amount of time, it was just like our, where there was just a little bit of a lapse. And then in a league like ours, where every team is so good, other teams will take advantage of that. Um, and so I think it's just what you've seen in the last few games is us playing, you know, a full 90, fully locked in, fully focused in the game, um, and us being able to get results because of that. Yeah. And when you play a high pressure system, you switch off for one minute and they're behind your back line. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, to- I totally get that. There also had the challenges of the schedule as where, and we talked about this earlier, but Washington played essentially a third of their schedule seemingly in the first month and a half, which was crazy, especially after the challenge cup. But you guys have been like banking on five or six games in hand for a long stretch. Then all of a sudden at the end of the season, it's like, and you have seven games in this last month, which is pretty crazy. So how has this schedule been for for you guys and the players? Yeah, I mean, it's we've had a, we had three games in about seven days uh, just last week. Um, and, you know, during the middle of the season, we all knew we had games in hand. We're going to be able to kind of pick up points. But that's also, you know, it's a lot on the players. I'm sure some of them are carrying some heavy legs right now. Um, and so hopefully they are able to still get results kind of going forward. Um, but it is a lot to cram into a very short period of time. Yeah, because there's the disadvantages of that. And the obviously the advantage of that would be that in the beginning of the season after the Challenge Cup, you get to rest your legs. And you can say the advantages of that is maybe at this point, you guys are full head of steam. There's just no break. And it's just you guys are in form and going for it. So that could play out in a good way, could not. However, uh, this team is still in the playoff hunt. I know you need a lot of things to kind of go your way, but like, what is your mindset as a fan getting ready for this push for the playoffs? Yeah, my mindset uh, as a fan is to just give as much support as possible um, to the team. I think one thing that our team has shown um, over the past you know few years is just their resiliency and the heart of the players. Um, and I know that we had in this offseason, we had some turnover, but we still have a roster full of champions of people, of players that know what it takes um, to lift that trophy in October. And they want that. And so they know what it means to be in the playoffs and to be in that mentality. And so I expect some of our leaders, some of our veterans to really to step up and um, and to, you know, hopefully be able to get our team to rally together to do a a push for the playoffs. And as an overall, say, assessment of this team, does this feel fair to be in the spot that you're in? Or do you think the team has underperformed or overperformed to be in this kind of fighting for that last playoff spot? I think, I think, uh, I think for the team that we have, I, I think it's, 
I think I expect this to be a, probably mid-table. Um, I, we're in eighth right now, so I think we're a little bit lower than I thought we would be. But I think um, going into this season, I, I thought, you know, finishing fifth or sixth would probably be um, would probably be where we are. So um, so I definitely think, you know, we have an opportunity to to get into that sixth spot and and, you know, and go to the playoffs. So. So let's, let's switch gears a little bit. So I know last time we talked, we had you had just picked up Jalene Daniels, and I know that was a big contentious thing. And at the time when I talked to you, you guys were in the process of show, doing like a little bit of a protest, and you weren't sure how far you were going to take it. How has that been for you guys? Because I know, like on your, you go to your website, and it's like y'all means all on your website. So it's this is all about, as you said, community stuff like that. So how has this been over this first, you know, two thirds of the season with the, the Daniels thing? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, it's been tough for, um, for our members. I think it's been tough for fans in general who they want to come out and they want to support the players. They want to see, you know, amazing women's soccer here in North Carolina. Um, but also feeling like, um, you know, by me coming out, I'm also supporting someone who maybe has differing values than I have. Um, I, I think also, um, because Daniels does play pretty frequently, um, that's also made it harder for fans as well. Um, and so I think it's been a little bit of a, a balancing act, um, for, um, our supporters group and just for fans of the courage in general, you know, how do we, how do we still support the team and the players? Um, but also, you know, live out our values. I read an article uh, back in, I think around June that said the fan support for Carolina has kind of wavered a bit kind of mid season. So you feel like it's gotten better or what would your assessment of that? I think fan support, um, I would say has been pretty steady um, throughout this season. Um, It's definitely down from where it was, you know, last year. But I would say the, you know, the folks that are coming out to every game are they're coming out to every game. And so I think it's been um, pretty, pretty stable. I think overall, of course, you know, there's going to be some spikes when um, you have some, you know, the national team stars come like, you know, if Alex Morgan comes or Megan Rapino, you know, of course, there's going to be spikes as people want to come see, uh, you know, those international stars. Um, but I think overall, it's been, I would say it's probably been a, a pretty steady steady amount throughout the season yeah very good and so lately obviously you guys had your your pride game and obviously jolene did the thing that we all pretty much knew she was going to do and not dress for that courage pride match so what have you heard from players uh have they made their feelings known about this um i i haven't heard from any um players you know, uh, making their feelings known about that. So I don't, I don't know kind of what the, what the locker room um, situation is around that decision. Um, I think I know for me, this is something that um, I as well kind of saw coming or was thinking this, you know, this could be something that happens. And um, I was very disappointed in it. Um, I also was, um, I was also a little, um, just a little, uh, taken aback because our club actually did um, a pride festival this year. It's the first time they ever did that. Um, It was before the game in the parking lot. They invited vendors out, they invited performers, and it was a really great, like wonderful event um, for fans to come to ahead of the game to celebrate pride. 
But unfortunately, the story that came out of our Pride game was not about the Pride Festival, was not about this great experience. The story that came out of it was, you know, Daniels didn't wear the jersey. And that was the story that came out of it. And so for me, I was kind of like, I really wish that the story that had come out of Pride was like the celebration um, of this wonderful community and how we're doing that here. Not this one player um, who, you know, doesn't want to wear a Pride jersey. And how has your interaction been with the front office on this? Has it, has, do you guys talk about this? Is there any point at this point? I mean, we haven't talked with the front office uh, directly about this. I think um, I, I think the front office released a statement or they were quoted, I believe, in an article. And I feel like that's that's kind of the front office's stance on this um, specific topic is, you know, whatever they've said publicly is that's their stance on this. So. And where do you go from here? I think going from here, you know, as we said earlier, uh, the club is in the middle of a playoff push right now. And so, you know, going from here, we're really focused on um, supporting the players and the team as much as we can to let them know that, like, we're behind you all. Um, We have one more home game coming up. So we're really trying to uh, pack the stadium for them for that game. Um, just to let them know that, you know, win, lose, or draw, we are behind you and we are, you know, rooting for you all uh, for this season. Yeah. And so speaking of supporting the players, let's talk about this offense. And then we mentioned some of the stats earlier, but you lost some big pieces and your rookies, Ordonez, Caroline, have been incredible. So Ordonez, not only is, again, she's a rookie, but she's in the golden boot race. She's been amazing. So what can you tell us about what she's brought to this team and what, what's her, what makes her so special? Yeah, she is rookie of the year. I'm starting the campaign now. <laughs> um, yeah. Rookie of the year. Um, yeah. I mean, I think she has just been such a spark, I think, to the team. She has 11 goals on the season. Um, And I think coming into um, a club and a franchise that has such a long history of amazing strikers, you think about J-Mac, you think about Lynn, you think about Kristen Hamilton. Um, And for her to come in knowing like kind of the legacy of our club and for her to begin to build her own and, you know, not be afraid and be like, no, I'm going to show out like I am a world-class striker and I'm going to prove it to you all today. I think that's just been amazing um, to watch and just her energy, her electricity um, and just her like willingness to just like, I'm going to, no matter what, I'm going to put this ball in the back of the net. It's, it's been amazing. Um, And I think she was, she's been such a great addition to our club this year. Yeah. And talk a little about Caroline, what, what what she brings, because she is electric as well. Yeah, I think, um, when I, when I watch her play, um, particularly her interaction with Deb on the field, um, you know, it's almost like they are like, they have one mind the way that they just kind of know where someone's going to make the run or where to make the pass. Um, and then I think just like their footwork in tight spaces, her footwork is, you know, you're watching her and, you know, maybe she has two defenders on her and you're like, okay, she's not going to get out of this, or maybe she should pass or, and then she just does this amazing thing and she's passed both of them. And you're like, how did that happen? That's amazing. Um, And so I think it's been really great with her being here and seeing her kind of develop and grow a little bit into our system, um, into our league a little bit. The, uh, our league is a lot more physical than, you know, other leagues in the world. And so I think there was a little adjustment for her to get used to the physicality of it. Um, But now that she's gotten used to it, she's really, you know, flourishing and thriving. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you would ask any club supporter, if there was like a top five players they would want from another team on their team, it would be Dabinia. I, mm-hmm. I guarantee you she would make a top five. She's just so mm-hmm. special. And again, what, did, what, what again does she bring to this team? So I think Deb brings a creativity to our team and I would say like a, a freedom. I feel like when I see um, Deb play, it's she plays with a, such a freedom and a love of the game. Like you can tell that she is doing what she loves. Like it's like, this is the thing I love and I'm able to do this day in and day out and play day in and day out. And you can tell that in the way she plays, in her creativity, in her freedom um, as well. Um, and I think also just the, her mind and the way she sees the game and the way she sees kind of her offense moving and where she should be moving in our offense. Um, and so I, you know, I, I think I've, I've said this before to a lot of people is, you know, I, I am so lucky to be able to watch so many world-class players basically in my backyard week in and week out play. Um, and it's, it's really amazing. And I hope that it stays like this forever. So, <laughs> yeah. And so let's say, let's say the carriage win the rest of the games out, they make the playoffs. How far do you think this team can go? Do you think they can win it all? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go all in. I'm all in. Okay. I'm all in on the courage. Yes, we can win the whole thing. I'm going to I'm going to say that. Yeah. As a player, this is actually a good spot to be in as a player because you're always thinking that as long as I take care of my business, then everything else can is going to work out. So, it's a good spot to be in and it's also a good spot for the coach to be in because you really don't need to motivate your players because they're already motivated. They know what they have to do. They know it's at stake. Just go out there and play. And talking about your coach, how would you grade his performance so far this season? From like, let's say, A to F. Give me the hard questions. I know. Um, I think I think earlier this season we talked about. I think we we talked a little bit about Sean and and I said I wanted to you know give him time, give him you know a season. I think it's fair to give you know give any coach time to implement their system and kind of see at the end. And so I think right now, cause we're, we're still in, um, in the season, I think I need a little more time to just see kind of what does the end of our season look like? Kind of what does that management look like? All of these games in a row is the rotation, you know, what does that look like as well as if there is a playoff push, kind of what does the, the tactical um, team, the tactics for the team look like there. So I think I'm going to say, uh, get back to me in October. <laughs> okay. So we're recording this on a Tuesday. So you have a game tomorrow. Who are you playing tomorrow? We are playing Orlando tomorrow um, in Orlando. Okay. How do you, you expect that game to go? Orlando's on the team you're, you're gunning for right now. Yeah. Um, I expect, I expect us to win tomorrow. I think, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a win tomorrow. Okay. And then then North Carolina against the against Gotham FC at 7 p.m. What are your thoughts on and trying to get a, a win over a team that's pretty struggling right now? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, no offense to Gotham fans, but I I think this is also going to be a win for us um, as well. I think um, I think I am. This would be, I guess, five games for us in maybe 14 days, I think something like that. So, um, so this is a, and travel, you know, we, we are, uh, or no, you all are coming here, but just yeah. travel in between. So I do think that, you know, definitely want to, I think that the players might be, you know, maybe a little um, not as well rested as a team that's had the whole week off, 
Um, but I think I think we're going to be able to pull out a win. So Jessica is always good to talk to you. I always have too many questions for these interviews, but uh, again, thank you for doing this. Uh, love having you on, and we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you when it gets to the end of the off season. We'll talk to you then. Okay. Yeah, sounds, sounds good. good. Thank you. Indeed. All right, everybody. So again, uh, tomorrow is going to be Gotham against OL Rain. However, by the time this thing airs, our next game will be against the North Carolina Courage at 7 p.m. at Wake Med Park. Are you ready, Jessica? Yeah, I'm ready. We are ready. Ready. Let's go. 